Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness, and thank you so much for clicking on the Holderness Family Podcast. Okay, first, remember, you can subscribe to our newsletter because oh, we yeah. have a big announcement about our new game, Family Face-Off, and newsletter subscribers are the first to hear about it and get to pre-order and all of that fun stuff. So go to theholdernessfamily.com slash newsletter. Second of all, uh, here's something that we love, absolutely love for you to do, is to either leave a review or rate it or just like do some click on some sort of button <laughs> we don't know the button and then type some sort of thing that helps because the alien algorithm i algorithm, call it al. the, algorithm yeah the aliens who control the algorithm love it when you leave reviews so thank you for the reviews that you've left we have a an amazing episode coming up but we have gotten a few questions the new season season 34 of the yes. amazing race is yes. airing now it just started airing and people are like oh are you going to do recap podcast we're, we're not really, I don't think at this point, because there's, first of all, so many really wonderful people who are doing podcasts. And then the racers themselves, I think, are doing recaps. Right, because they, they have that platform and we're not going to step on their toes. However, just watching it again, uh. it just brought back, so. first of all, it brought back so many memories and watching it from a place of, oh, I'm not on this show. I don't have to worry about what an idiot I'm going to look like. And just enjoying it from that perspective, it's like we have definitely become major analysts of, of everything that's so going on, haven't we? Like I, I wrote notes. Pen wrote notes. And of just like things that like, these are things that brought me back. Yeah, and I, um, I will say I have tried to reach out to the current teams on Instagram, just send them messages of support. They're all so lovely. So if you haven't seen it, you should give it a watch. And I know many of them are doing their own recaps, but also Kayla and Dusty, I think from our season, are still doing their Pit Stop podcast. So there's a lot of really yeah. great people doing it. So that is our, but uh, we will like on Instagram the day after, we'll kind of give opinions and stuff like that. So on to today's show. We are so excited to have Dr. Hope Seidel back with us. Just to give a little bit of a backstory about this, we are trying the best that we can uh, mm -hmm. to be good parents. And it is 
incredibly interesting to see what a professional says about that, including the part that like trying the best you can sometimes can get you into a little bit of trouble, it, which is, I, I mean, doesn't that sound strange to say, but we've already done the interview and you're going to hear a lot of things that, that maybe we should have known <laughs> because we just wrote a book about relationships that we should be practicing when it comes to parenting our children. And so I feel like I discovered a whole lot listening to her talk today. And full disclosure, Dr. Hope Seidel is a friend of ours, but I also, I pay her to be our parent coach. I reached yeah. out to her recently no, and you're a said, I'm a client and said, you know, I, 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 first of all, believe in therapy. I believe in all this stuff, but I felt like some of the stuff I needed to work through was result. It was because of my personal parenting and I'm sorry, I don't Matt. Like I think the most common question we get is like, aren't you afraid you're screwing up your kids? Our kids aren't in every single video we do. Very rarely they appear in our videos, but they have, they have been, that's the Holderness family. So there's this assumption that it's like a big Partridge family, but aren't we all kind of worried we're screwing up our kids? Yes. We've it, been saying that since day one. Yeah. Every, um, I think if you're not worried, you're screwing up your kids, you're not doing it right. Right. Um, so that's how hope makes her money is from, <laughs> And by the way, she told us that we could call her Hope. Uh, you'll hear that in a second because you got to be careful. Do you call, do you call someone Dr. Seidel? She, she prefers just being called Hope because she's friends with us. Since the beginning, like we're worried we're going to screw up our kids. People ask us all the time because we make videos that have our kids referenced or sometimes in it. And they say, are you worried you're going to screw up your kids? And our answer back is, yeah. Yes. Are you? I hope so. Yeah. So Dr. Hope Seidel has been a pediatrician for over 20 years. About 10 years into her career, she began to notice she was healing parents more than children. She now offers regular parent classes and one-on-one -on -one parent coaching to help manage the feelings of worry, fear, uncertainty, expectation, judgment, and confusion that comes with being a parent. She teaches parents to trust themselves. Dr. Hope Seidel has two grown children, Grace and Jared. They're the sweetest kids. When she isn't working, she is a reluctant runner and loves to cook and travel. Welcome back, our friend, Dr. Hope Seidel. Hi. Are, are we calling her Dr. Seidel or are we calling her Hope on this? Let's, I, let's ask, ask Hope. Let's, let's ask, ask Hope. What do you prefer? Oh, I just love that. Uh, you can just call me Hope. It's Hope? all good. Okay. okay. So yeah. Hope. I don't know. I feel like yeah. people, especially women who work really hard for degrees, we'll, we'll call you Hope because we're friends. That's why you but, ask them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I wanna give... I also think a lot of women say, don't call me doctor just because they have their own drama about it. But right. I, yeah. in this context, I'm not really being a doctor, so we're all good. Okay. Well, you have been a doctor and you've been a, such an integral part of my wife's life. And I want to just kind of d d tell a little, like, I'm, I, I don't think I'm... Uh, there's no overstepping on any confidentiality no. here that Kim has this sort of very important hour every day when she Not talks every, day, every week. week, sorry, when she talks to hope <laughs> probably needed every day, by the way, <laughs> I, I try not like, I'm always trying not to accidentally walk in, but sometimes I have to like go get my shoes. And, and so I walk in and it's usually it's like near the end and Kim is always, she's crying, but I can tell the difference between sad tears and like meaningful, happy, progressive tears. For my wife, her sad tears, her eyes look different from when she's like having like progressive tears. And so she's always got these like progressive tears. So she's always had some sort of wonderful breakthrough. And then you guys finish up and then I kind of like slowly kind of work my way in and I'm like, baby, that I bet that was really helpful. Um, do you have a second to tell me everything that you learned? <laughs> and I do and I sit there. I'm like, okay. We are screwing up so many things. Um, no, not, not at all. But I just, I, I've been trying to like, 
be like one of those fish, the remora sharks that sort of swims underneath the belly of the shark and is able to get a little bit of information off of what she's giving you because it obviously is affecting her in a positive way. And she uses this language all week long until her next meeting. And a lot of it is like incredibly actionable things about the right way to parent our children. So thank you for that. And, and mainly thank you for coming here so I can continue to get free advice. <laughs> I was um, going to say, Penn, you can have a session whenever you want. <laughs> by the way, okay, so they're via should. Zoom. So it's not like Hope is in my bedroom, by the way. Let's clarify. Uh, and, yeah. and, we, and we pay hope for her yeah. services yeah this I, isn't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i just want we're to on the level sure we're, good. we're on the level she, she, she needs but to be it is She's true i will say also we're gonna let hope talk here in a no, second no we're not we're just gonna talk at her the <laughs> entire time <laughs> hope what is and we've talked about this parent there's something about parenting that brings your own ish to the forefront that when you see your children doing the very normal things of being children and we have really good like really good kids we have really good kids and but they just trigger something in my they just have triggered something in me so like how do you even process that stuff if you're not a, like the if you're not a parent like i am still processing like childhood stuff from that my kids behaving very normally like there's something about parenting that is just so it can be very traumatic <laughs> Yes. I think if you're paying attention in any relationship, you can see your triggers as an opportunity for growth. But when you're with your kids, right, you have them all the time. And so optimally, and, you know, and they give you this opportunity for personal transformation at every turn, depending on what the situation is. So I love parenting as a, as a, almost like a vehicle for really thinking about not only the kind of parent you want to be, but the way you were parented and all the wounds that they bring up in you, because it's just such a powerful um, dynamic. Yeah. And my parents and everybody did, wants to do it right. Yeah. And like my parents did a great job. They did the very best they could. So it's nothing to do with their parenting. It's like everything, every, my own things that I was born with. And then my kids just behave like normal children and are doing a great job. And I'm like, whoa, I am way more messed up. And that is initially why I reached out to my friend Hope. And I, I asked her, I was like, is it going to be weird because we are friends that you're going to know my deep, dark secrets? And no, it's not weird. Yeah, not weird. Not weird. No. Um, so one of the things that has really helped me is that you, we, you know, there's kind of these exercises in the beginning and you kind of had us or had me circle like, what are your family values like what are the values your family holds dear and why why is that an important question well i often talk to parents right in the beginning about sort of identifying what your values are either as a family or even just your personal values as long as they're not in conflict with your spouse or your partner because they really help if you're paying attention to them they help anchor your parenting they anchor your boundaries they anchor the things that you want to see in your children, you know, like, for example, if you have a family value of resilience for your kids, you want your child to be resilient, right? Mm -hmm. Then it is easier if you're paying attention to it to notice when they're having an uncomfortable situation and know that that's the path towards them getting where they need to be. The problem where values aren't very helpful is when we don't realize that we have any or we don't intentionally create them, or we have a value, but we don't parent from that place. 
Can you give an example? Okay. So an example would be if you if you place a high priority on your children being resilient, right? And resilience often comes from struggle. Mm-hmm. And then every time they have a struggle, you rescue them. Mm. The, another example would be if you say, my highest priority is my child is kind. But when they get home from school, you don't ask them who they were kind to. You ask them how they did on their test. Yeah. Mm. And you don't prioritize that. I mean, obvious ones are if you're not being kind, right? I mean, that just would be exhibiting a, you know, a behavior that you want to see in your children, but you don't want to do for yourself. But many times we say we value faith, but we don't necessarily behave in a way that honors whatever our faith is. Um, and so, um, but but I think values play a very important role in grounding the way you show up as parents. What is the, from your perspective, what is the value that you see as the most um, problematic? I guess what I mean, you know, uh, I'm trying to think that for both of us, I think we want our kids to be kind. We want them to be resilient. We also like, we want them to be successful, right? We want them, we want them to be self-reliant and I, I don't know if I'm parenting from the right place when I, when I want that. Is that one of the more problematic values or what, like, what are we looking at? The most problematic parenting value is happiness. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's happiness. In my opinion. I mean, yes, all those can be a problem. They're never really a problem. It's just that when your kid isn't successful, you make that mean that they're not doing, you know, you make that mean something about you, make it mean something about them. But prioritizing happiness for me is the one that is the trickiest for parents. Why? Because chasing happiness cripples your kid's resilience. When you prioritize happiness in your children over everything, you are not leaving space for them to experience the half of life that is woefully unhappy. And so when they're unhappy as adults, they think something's gone wrong. And when they're not happy as children... You make it mean that you have to fix it or that something's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. Happiness is not a goal that's attainable. It's not a thing. It's not something that we look for outside of ourselves anyway. And so this idea that we should be constantly chasing our kids' joy, which is a feeling that they get to create for themselves, that we should constantly be chasing that, it's an impossible goal that no one can meet. And parents are exhausted by it. More on this after these words. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yeah, and I think in the beginning of parenting, I th- I think my answer would have been I just want my kids to be happy. And in reality, I want my kids to be empathetic and resilient and Success is successful is not a word I would use, but maybe self-reliant and all these things. But through that, I know that they will experience moments of pure joy and happiness. But also it is impossible for me to guard them from the crap that every human being goes through. And why would you want to? I mean, why would we want our kids to be happy all of the time? Like we need our kids to be happy so we can feel okay most of the time. I was about to say that would be my answer because it makes me feel better if they're happy. Of course, yeah. of course. But like we aren't happy all the time. So why would we want our children to be happy all the time? They're having a human experience that is anchored in, I mean, suffering is inevitable. Why don't we prepare our kids for that? Like if we could see suffering as part of the human experience and thank God they have some suffering while we're with them and view that as an opportunity for us really to teach them how to manage themselves when things don't go their way, when they're unhappy to process their emotions about that. Like imagine the kind of adults we would have when something horrible comes our way that we can't escape anyway. Hope uh, question. This is a specific question. If your child is not happy and they're complaining about feeling sick or feeling tired and you respond, when I was your age, I used to walk uphill both ways. You was get back up and keep going. Um, uh, what, what do you think of that? I've, like, it's so good. My, my dad did it to me. I feel myself doing it to my kids. I'm like, shut up, Penn, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I, and I do it anyway. Like, yeah. I do it anyway, and I'm sorry. <laughs> well, what you're, what you're lacking in this moment, which I'm sure doesn't happen to you often, Penn, is empathy, so, right? Yeah. Our children don't understand. Our children don't need us to make us happy. They need us to understand how they're feeling. And so when they're expressing their feelings and you tell them why, how they're feeling is a colossal waste of time because they don't even know how good they have it. You don't honor that. And then you don't teach them to process that in that yeah. moment. I, yeah. yeah. He's, I, we've, we've worked through this and he's stopped saying, cause our son has a basketball goal in the driveway. And I think he was complaining about something about the goal. Like it didn't have, and Penn's like, well, I had a dirt in my backyard. And I, I was like, dude, he's, it, we we don't like we don't have I we, did have a dirt backyard goal. Dirt though. backyard goal. Yeah. I know. And I was out there for eight hours a day. I, 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 I like, asked this question knowing I'm doing something wrong here, but I just feel like there are other parents who feel the same way. I think that there is a deficit in our children when it comes to like self motivation. I think that some of it this is my belief. I think that some of it came from this like blip that they experienced where they were sitting in their, you know, bed on their phones for a while and I want to give them grace to like restart their motors. Um, but, but I also know that I can't, I can't motivate my kids. They have no, to motivate motiva- themselves. Yeah. 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 And you want them to, right? Yeah. Why would you want them to be motivated by what you expect from them? Like long-term, we want our kids to look inside their own compass and say, what is important to me? What motivates me? And if you're looking at your kids, honestly, Penn, they are motivated yeah. by lots of things. They're just not always the things that you like. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say our, th- also, we have two very different children and that was that threw me for a loop 
that like to give birth to two very different personalities and pers- I was like you and your wait. brother are incredibly different oh I know Me and my I'm, brother are incredibly I know different. no no yeah. I'm, I'm being sarcastic here yeah. <laughs> okay. just the fact that like what what one is very one is incredibly incredibly like motivated to the point where we're like hey babe wait maybe we dial this back a little bit maybe we and then the other is like okay dude we got to do something so what happens I think when I did the worksheet with you hope I I very confidently circled what our family values are and I and I didn't even talk to him about it and I just and he just listed the ones and, and we were very aligned what happens if you're in a partnership and you're raising children together and they differ like how do you how do you uh, reconcile yeah, yeah, or, or yeah. whoever the partners are and how do you reconcile that well, I think it depends on the difference in values, right? Okay. I mean, it depends on how different they are. I think any parent can show up in a dynamic honoring who they are and what's important to them as long as the other partner is not sabotaging that, right? Okay. And so I think, I mean, to me, that's, this is why I know marital counseling, but, you know, to me, that's about talking together about values that you can parent from that are consistent. But I do think that that's one of the common causes of conflict, right? When something about being, not being late or having a different faith can sometimes be tricky. The thing is this, is that your kids are going to experience lots of different kind of people in their life with different values mm-hmm. than that. And so it's not a negative for them to see their parents that prioritize different things. You and Penn come from different homes that were raised in different places that value different things. Some are the same, some are not. And I still think that Kim Kim can give that your kids a really beautiful skill set. This isn't important to daddy, but it is really important to me. And you're going to meet lots of people that are going to have priorities that, excuse me, that are not the same as yours. And so this is where my parenting is coming from or my boundaries are coming from. This is why I won't let you jump into trampoline park because I value safety. Your dad is a little bit more comfortable with bungee jumping or whatever. So <laughs> so <laughs> what I do think one of the things I struggle with personally is I was under the impression that happiness was the goal. So I feel like I, you know, I still have some time. I'm still on the record here with kids before they leave for college, but I was going above and beyond just to make everything very easy for my kids because I mean we didn't have I think the world was also different in the 80s and 90s so you know my my parents did really great but we did not have access to say like a tutor or a you know a private tennis coach or whatever it was like we didn't have access to that stuff or nor did I ask for it but so now that like we have we can do that. I feel like I was making everything like, oh, you're struggling. Let's, let's fix it. Like, oh, you're struggling in this class. Like, let's find a a way to fix it. So I feel like I was fixing everything for them. Mm -hmm. And so my kids are 12 and 15. How much did I screw them up? A and B, how do, how do you I, fix it? How do you fix it? Are you seriously asking her how to fix it? I, I just need that. to, I need to, because I only, I, I should have been parenting in a different way since they were born. And now that I'm, you know, I'm like, oh wait, they're almost cooked. And I need to make sure that I send them off as resi- all the things we value, resilient and empathic human beings. Well, I just want to tell you that I totally disagree with you being done shortly. I mean, I think there's, it's never too late to sort of create a dynamic in, in your home that, 
even if your values change over time. Like to me, part of being a parent that does it right is that you're willing to evolve and change as your ideas change. That's for me, a value. I want my kids to feel permission, to have permission to feel like they can do as they age, to change their minds, to change their perspective, to think about things differently when they've had different experiences. So I don't agree that you have to feel, because that comes through a very pressured space. And then you feel so much energy around trying to fix all the things that you think you messed up, as opposed to recognizing that this is just kind of part of mm-hmm. part of the plan of parenting forever. You're not going to be done. And trust me, my kids are gone and I'm not done. Mm-hmm. Um but the, the 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 answer to your question is that um, you know our the thought error is that it's our job to rescue our kids from pain, mm-hmm. and it's not. It never is our job to rescue our kids from pain. Our parents weren't obsessed with our happiness in the same way. Mm-hmm. Did they? It's normal to want your children to be happy, but they weren't consumed with it like parents are currently. And so if you are willing to recognize, and you and I have talked about this, like not to rescue your kids from pain, but to sit with them and be present and acknowledge it with empathy. Yeah, that really, that really stinks. You know what's crazy? Kim and I wrote a book about relationships for partners. Mm -hmm. And you're reciting like verbatim some of these things that we learned about each other, where it's not my job to be her hero. It's my job to sit with her, to be near her, to be her hype person, to to be the audience to her story instead of trying to fix things. There are so many parallels to what she's saying. I know. Between the way that we have a relationship and the way that we parent our children, why is it so hard for us to recognize that and to use that same type of philosophy when it comes to children versus with partners? You, You tell me, why is it so hard? I think because I feel like it's supposed to be a different relationship and because I, and because of the need to protect and because of the, I mean, maybe they're old enough now that I'm, I'm not supposed to be protecting them in the same way that I used to, but I mean, they were these little tiny little things. Of course I have to protect them. Like they're going to, you know, you're drop them on their head or you can't just leave them somewhere. It's not Lord of the flies out here, but there's a different, but there's a, Absolutely. And there's a difference. It really can be kind of tricky, right? Because in the beginning, they don't need you to define who they are, but they are really vulnerable little birds, right? They really do need you literally to survive. Like human beings are the weakest species on the planet. That's like, good and to we, know. We, yeah, but we are. I mean, yeah. we can't, we literally can't survive at all. And so, and then when you're supposed to just kind of let them go can be kind of tricky. But the truth is, is that the error is, is that they were ours to mold. That was never true. Our parenting, honestly, is about us witnessing who they already are. Remember, we talked about the seeds when I came by last time. It's that idea of accepting the idea that they're already going to be who they're going to be, and we just are trying not to kill them, Mm -hmm. is the idea. And so if you're into that, if you're thinking about it that way, then that relationship isn't contractual. It's not controlling. It is about just buoying all of the things that you see in your kids and helping them realize it in themselves, which is very different than the way traditional parents feel like they have to manage their children. We got to teach them all the things, all control their behaviors and make sure they get A's and all the things. And it's just not meant to be that way, but it's very common. I mean, and that's how the world shows up. I would say thinking about our values has been very impactful in how I reframe the conversations I have with my kids because inevitably there are things, I mean, it's life, so they go through hard things and just knowing like in mentally, like I'm, I'm coming from the space where we're like, wow, this is like really hard for this per you know, for, for my child right now, but wow, what the lessons it's going to teach them. 
And so that's been so helpful for me because I wrapped so much of like how my day was going to go based on if they had a very bad day, yeah. I had a very bad and, day. And, and can I jump in here also and say the thing that I've heard the most over the last month or so that you've been counseling is Kim has shared that with you and you have responded with, that sounds like a you problem, not a, not a, not a, not a their kid problem. And I thought that was so kind of brilliant to hear. That's not something you normally hear, I, I think, when you're talking about your kids. Right. Well, we... I also like to ask the question, how can this be perfect? We've talked about that. Like, how can this just be perfect? Even though it's uncomfortable for me, like, how can this be perfect? Like, I think that we have this idea that having our children be in failure or pain is a problem. And it's just the complete opposite. Like, the most defining and demanding aspect of the human experience is struggle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything, everything that we, and you and I've talked about this, Cam, like everything that's ever happened to us in our lives that was really powerful has not come from everything working out. This is not like some concept I made up. I mean, it's just reality. And so when our kids are in struggle, why as parents, we don't just zap our brains for a second, say, this is about me and think like, how could this be perfect so that they can learn this early on? Doesn't make it awesome, but it makes it important and allows us to just sort of have the experience that they need to get to the others, you know, to know that they can handle something that is tricky. Yeah. And I would always say to my kids like, Hey, no, no good story ever started with, it was really easy the first time they tried it. Like that's no. not, that doesn't make a good story. So it doesn't build is- skills either. None. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, hey, you're looking at me like you want me to ask a question. I'm just no, I'm sponging just, I know, over I, here. I know. Like, I'm, I'm, just I'm listening at, to everything. Like you had a reaction and I just I, wanted to know what you're feeling. This is an overarching reaction that I'm having, which is, it's going back to questions, which is just that I need to treat my children more like adults um, than I'm treating them right now. Not fully grown adults, but like closer to adults or adolescents or something sort of in between. You need, yes. I mean, I I definitely wouldn't treat a kid with no frontal lobe as an adult, but in terms of their choices, but you need to allow (laughs) them, but, uh, but allowing them to have the experiences life is meant to give them that you're not their only teacher and then helping them process them with respect and a knowing that this is exactly how it's supposed to be in order for them to get to where they're going to be and trusting that instead of worrying that this is going to be a problem, that's a catastrophe, gives them so much respect. It's almost like not treating them with with, as an adult pen as it is just treating them with respect Mm -hmm. and trust that I know this is going to all work out okay, as opposed to what most of us do, which is I'm pretty sure this is the beginning of the end. So what, so our kid has had a bad day, you know, uh, failed a test, didn't make a team, got bullied, you know, one of the 97 things that could spiral a kid's day. What are some of the words? I love a script. What are some of the words and actions we can do to help be in that situation in a better way? Because my instinct, by the way, is like, we're getting cookies, we're getting shopping, that person bullied you, let's go egg their car. Like, that's my instinct. Like, so, uh, yeah. Well, the first thing to do is clean up your mind and not say anything until you're in a place of calm, right? Because if you're really triggered by something that happened, if something happened to your child that you remember happening to you, it can be really easy to say something that's about making you feel better. And so sometimes pausing and saying nothing is okay. And oftentimes, especially if you have a child that's a little bit bigger, you can ask, what do you, what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. Just, what do you need right now? I can tell you're really upset. Is there something you need? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's another one from our book. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm, can we just take our book in control F like partner yeah. and just paste child like the, no, the deescalation thing is such an important thing to bring up. Um, yeah. and, and we talked about that ad nauseum in our fight book because like your body, your brain refuses to act rationally during moments of stress. There's like an actual physical, like the broke up part of your brain that controls speech seizes up when you can, when you're angry and when you're stressed. And I almost think it happens more to us when it's a, when it's something that's happening to our child instead of something that's happening to our relationship. So that's so important. And so important. Go ahead, Kim. Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, I just was going to ask like what other words that you had. So when I, I, it's very helpful to ask what they need and not be an urgency to sort of fix other problems either way. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes just mirroring back what they said is really helpful. So Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes our kids don't actually know how they're feeling at all. Mm -hmm. And so when they, I don't know what the example would be, but if they give you an example about someone hurt their feeling, you know what I mean? Right. They got bullied or got picked on at school. What did you do? What did they do? All the things. Just asking them to access their own feelings in that moment can be so helpful. Like, wow, that sounded, did that make you sad? How did you feel? Sometimes they won't know. They'll tell you exactly, you know, what they did, which is really fine. But just helping them figure out what their actual emotion is um, or relaying a story about something that happened to you, depending on the child's age, can be extremely helpful to helping them identify what their actual feeling is. I was really angry. I was really mad. When they give you um, a feeling, I love to just say that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. And not saying, can I get the phone number or like look up the Facebook page of the parents of the person who bullied me and uh, just go after them? That's probably not the direction to go in here. No, it's not. It's not. It's not <laughs> ben is looking at me. We, ben is looking at me. I, I had a carton of eggs and some toilet paper ready. I was not in a good space recently. <laughs> but we de-escalated. But we de-escalated. We de-escalated. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think sometimes when our kids are really un- unhappy or sad, we really, we, we do a number of things, right? We either, we're in... We either try and fix it and jump in too quickly, or we resist it and say, you're fine and just redirect them. If we're uncomfortable, sometimes we minimize it. Like, oh, that wasn't such a big deal now that you're telling me the story. Like, he probably didn't mean it, right? Mm. Or we shame them and tell them they're being a big, you know, that they're overreacting or um, you need to behave differently when someone does that. But the most common thing that happens, and I'm not sure this is answering your question, Kim, is we don't recognize our kids are in pain because kids' feelings look like behaviors. They look like kids that are yelling at us. They look like kids who are uh, irritable. They look like kids who are not doing well in school. Our children's behavior is usually what we see first, not Mm. their underlying feeling. And then we typically discipline that or yell at that or worry about that. And then they don't get the opportunity to figure out how they felt. Some Mm. of these experiences are just there to teach them how they feel and helping them learn how they felt in that moment might even help them do nothing. Like if you're really angry, you shouldn't hit, right? And so um, can sometimes give them some beautiful time for reflection, which is really the point of some of these difficult situations. I would, it's not always to call the parent and... And egg their house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say even as a woman in my 40s, one of the hardest things for me to do is identify my feelings at, in that yeah. moment. I always... <laughs> I mean, there have been times in our relationship where it'll be the next day, which is not ideal. And I'll and I'll come to him and say, hey, I've had a minute to process that conversation. It really hurt my feelings. And it I, I 
I don't know what it says about my emotional intelligence, but it, for whatever reason, in the moment, I have trouble like putting words to those emotions. Well, so, we, like, why would I expect my kids to be able to do yeah. the same thing? And we've both done that, and it's actually helped us. Like, yeah, we've de-escalated and talked about it the next day. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, listen. That comes directly from us as parents constantly identifying feelings instead of behaviors and constantly expressing how we feel during moments and not holding our kids responsible for our feelings and just owning, I'm feeling really angry because I was thinking you should have emptied the dishwasher. And I'm thinking you should have known that I needed that. You did this, I'm sure, in your book. I haven't read all the parts of it, just the beginning and the end. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> you're fine. Um, no, but, I'm, but you know, when you're talking about, like, I'm feeling really frustrated because I feel like you're not helping. I, I feel like, you know, you don't value my role and how much I do. And it gives you an opportunity to say, no, 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 I can see why you feel that way. That is not my intention. The point I think is worth making is that our children don't come with a language for feelings. Mm-hmm. They don't have, they're mad, they're glad, they're happy. Look at a toddler. That's what feelings are to toddlers, right? Developing a vocabulary of feelings for our kids requires that we talk about it all the time. You must be really frustrated. Are you angry? Just so they can start to understand that there's a a vast vocabulary that's available to them that they can communicate. And when we give our kids space to do that, even when they're sad, even when they're angry and don't try and fix it, they learn that their feelings are not a problem. They're just an emotion. Yeah. And always end. Yeah. And I think that's actually been, I, and I didn't learn that until working with you that like, it's just a feeling it's going to pass good or bad. It's going to pass and it's not forever. And that's my, sometimes I am, I have been wary to like invest a lot of time and energy into like parenting books and parenting podcasts and all that stuff, because I feel like, oh crap, I'm too late. You know what I mean? I'm already like the kids are cooked. I've already done the damage. Um, but I now have said in conversation with both my kids, like, hey, I'm working with a friend of mine and I'm learning a lot of new stuff. And, you know, and I'm I'm trying to pay more attention to like the, the naming my own emotion because you can see that because I don't think I've ever done a good job even in our marriage about that. So I'm trying to, when the kids are really sweet and they're like, how was your day? And I was like, my day was really busy. I got really frustrated. Like I'm trying to use more like, um, like not just turning it into white noise, not just turning into white noise so that they feel comfortable and quite honestly have the language to do the same. Cause I don't think I've done that really well. Yeah. It's so brilliant. Right. And then, you know, cause listen, when we don't understand, like it's one thing to have a physical feeling in your body and it's another total different level to naming what that feeling is. Mm -hmm. And to your point, you're saying, I feel really frustrated, but I don't even know why. What am I even thinking that's making me feel a certain emotion? Or sometimes you feel kind of off, but you're not sure why. And that's just a function of you not having the opportunity to process it as a kid. And that's what your kids are here for, to teach you that. It's so beautiful. Mm. Uh, I want to ask, it's maybe a semi-unprofessional question, but I'm just going to ask it anyway, because it's hope. Um, (laughs) All right. So we have these goals, these finish lines as parents that we look at to the future. I think maybe the first one was like getting them off to grade school, right? Like they're, 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 we're able to see them get on the bus and we're okay at home. I feel like the next big one, and this may be the biggest ones for most is getting them off to college and, and seeing that they've become an adult. Probably the last one is getting them uh, married off or whatever. I'm not sure what these traditional goals are, but for us, certainly getting them off to college is the goal that we're looking at 
the most immediately. I wanted to know uh, how it's going for you and how it's going for that wonderful <laughs> son of yours who we've gotten to meet, Jared, who I absolutely <laughs> adore. But I know that I know that um, that as a mom yourself, uh, you have you have sent him away to college, and I'm, I'd like to know how you're doing and how he's doing. Mm, you're so sweet. Um, I'm I'm great. Last week was good. Uh, um, really, really had a great week last week. You know. When I'm looking at life through my kids' lens, Mm -hmm. it's so much easier than I'm looking through it through mine. And I'm so grateful that he's super happy and I have all kinds of feelings about his happiness, just like we talk about is not optimal. Like naturally, I want that to be true. But I really love the freedom of my kids spreading their wings. I feel like more than any other time in my parenting, I truly step back and and just want to witness them. And it does make me wish that I had done that even more, you know, that I had really just stepped back and witnessed them even more. I will say this, I'm really second guessing um, the way that I taught my children to be helpful because I do not like emptying the dishwasher. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'm really ticked off that he's not here almost every day because he's because not doing it. Job. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad. So I'm I'm rethinking when I tell parent teach parents to like have their kids be helpful. You know, <laughs> their home. I would think that through again now because now when you've not done it for a really long time, it is no fun. You're like, why all. is this garbage still sitting here? I um, know. I mean, literally, I think that every day, <laughs> and like, then like. I'm not, God, the dishes did not get done again. Never, I have not once thought about that. Is it yeah, possible? Yeah, that's that's their morning. Are are like dishes and garbage like feeding the we, dog? Feeding the dog. Yeah. Like, well, how are we gonna? I don't even know where. They I mean, I food. would I would appreciated some preparation for that. Like, just so you know, all the things you made your kids do, you're now going to have to do again. Ugh. I'm doing great. I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, I'm happy for my kids to start this new chapter, and I'm excited for me too. It's just a transition. I think I have a lot of friends are in the same phase, and we're all kind of processing it together, which community always helps that so much mm-hmm. yeah i'm like I'm, I'm gonna miss my kids but also like i'm i hope i have permission to be kind of pumped like about oh about you do whatever, about whatever the next chapter is in our lives like there are these there are these empty nesters on tiktok that we look at oh my and gosh they, <laughs> I, that they, get, honey i sent it to him i'm like yeah. like goals honey and they're just like out just like hey kids and they're just like having they're the gone they're yeah. just never there they so, just leave yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some stigma a little bit that like, you know, there's I think there's some pride in being really sad about it or whatever. But I always do admire that when people are at this place, we're like, oh, yeah, I just did that. Like I I, I raised adults and I'm I'm all in. So I'm shifting to that perspective, but I'm also allowing all my feelings about it. I do the same work for myself that we're talking about today. And so some days are tricky and I just allow it because I know it's going to go away. So, yeah, I, that uh, feels good. I think that's, I think it's going to be for us. It's going to be both. I mean, you'll have to like scrape you're gonna be, the floor yeah, you're gonna the be, first day, yeah. but then I'll, you know, go scream into the void and then I'll go play pickleball and have a margarita and then not have to like go pick somebody up from somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, so then I'll, I think it'll be both, which is life. And I just have to be prepared for the both of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've spent so much time working through feeling work with your kid that you're going to be so good at not trying to make yourself happy about it. I did joke. I was like, I don't like to feel things hope. So whatever we do here, if we could just avoid any discomfort, that would be cool. Right. (laughs) You said that you said some version of that. It was so hilarious. I I don't like to feel things. Yeah. Um, um, hey, from from my experience, you are always feeling things when you're on with Hope. Well, yeah. I good thi- like, good things again. Yeah, good things. Like, good oh, it's things. all good. It's all good. Um, is there anything else as people are listening and doing their very best to not screw up their kids? Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? 
And I just think the pressure of feeling like every single decision you make at every moment being some level of not screwing them up or perfect is just the wrong, is the wrong worry. Like we're human beings. I think having some, your children having some illusion that you're always doing it well create some narrative for them that they always need to do things well, that there was some exceptional way to do it. Like, I think parents underestimate how powerful it is to be wrong, to do it, to do it incorrectly, to own it, to apologize, to be learning all the time. I just think parents need to be not quite so afraid to consider doing it right is exactly this. How can I do better all the time? And so the pressure we put on ourselves as parents is, is just so much for our kids. And it's not their job to rescue us from our perfectionism. We just need to slow it down. You know, I just don't, I think it's the wrong goal to be perfect at it. And our parents weren't perfect either. And we're awesome. We're amazing. Look at us. Right? I mean, look at us. We're amazing. And I, <laughs> I, I love that because I now can even more reframe the I'm not going to call it a mistake, but just things I would have done differently. It would set them up. If I had done every, if I had a perfect conversation every single time they struggled, it would set them up to like in a partner want to have that perfect conversation every time and a, a partner that gave them everything they needed. Every, and that's just not realistic. I'm not that no. partner. I don't do it right. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so go me for screwing up my kids. <laughs> No, you. That's the thought I want you to have. I love it. How do you work with parents if people are curious? Like what sort of, tell us exactly what it entails when you work with a parent. So I typically work with parents um, one-on-one. I have a private coaching business where I work with parents one-on-one. We typically do at least three months. It takes a while to unravel your values, how you were parented, and really start to have some awareness on the thoughts that you're having in your parenting before you can really change Mm -hmm. what you're going to do. I think that's been where our work has been probably the most powerful is just Mm -hmm. that awareness piece because you know what to do when you know why you're doing it. You don't need my words, right? So anyway, I usually spend between three and six months with parents weekly one-on-one. And next year, I'm going to be going part-time in my pediatric practice to, to, you know, build a stronger business and help to support more parents. I think most of our kids' healing comes from us healing us. And so I feel like it's time for me to help people heal in a different way. So right now, I take clients one-on-one for about that time. Mm-hmm. So fun. I love it. <laughs> well, I love it. It's been very impactful. Penn's probably going to sign up for his own sessions. I mean, at some point, I've got to stop just trying to get stuff from you. <laughs> because um, I'm not saying it Because, well. well, also, you're a completely different person, as yes. I brought up. Like, I've, yeah. I've got my own set of skeletons that we can unpack. That sounds like a joy to me. As my Enneagram coach told me, like, I am a pain avoider. So this is probably why I haven't done this yet. But I also, I, I should probably practice what I preach and give it a go. Listen, I'm all in. I love, I, I, I coach ton of men. It's so fun. So yeah, if you're, if you're all in, I'm all in. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Well, thank you very much, friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I love seeing y'all and I appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I'll see you at some point in a Zoom session where I'm crying. So cool. Good tears. <laughs> Good tear. Happy tears. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 